A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I speak the truth in Christ. I do not lie. My conscience joins with the Holy Spirit in bearing me witness that I have great sorrow and constant anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people, my kindred according to the flesh. They are children of Israel. Theirs the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. There's the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. Verbum Domini.
On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. In front of him, there was a man suffering from dropsy. Jesus spoke to the scholars of the law and Pharisees in reply, asking, is it lawful to cure on the Sabbath or not? But they kept silent. So he took the man, and after he had healed him, dismissed him. Then he said to them, Who among you, if your son or ox falls into a cistern, would not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day. But they were unable to answer his question. Verbum Domini. St. Paul had a great desire for his neighbor's well-being. He had a great desire for their genuine and authentic true good. His desire was so great to the point that he even desired to be cut off just so that his neighbors would be united to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's not just a nice saying he said in his letter earlier. It's not to impress anybody. As he said, I speak the truth in Christ. I do not lie. My conscience joins with the Holy Spirit in bearing me witness that I have great sorrow and constant anguish in my heart. Great sorrow and constant anguish in his heart. Then he said the punchline, for I could wish that I myself accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people, my kindred, according to the flesh. His own people, his kindred, according to the flesh, the chosen people. In other words, the Jews who had rejected Christ. And we get a glimpse of it from today's gospel when our Lord was at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, they were observing him carefully, whether he's gonna do something during the Sabbath or not, and he did. And they were probably scandalized, quote unquote. 
and put that question. What are you going to do if your son or ox falls into a cistern? Are you going to do something? Are you going to help them? And obviously, they, they kept quiet. They knew what to say, what to answer, but they, they did not want to admit because they have rejected him already. So the Jews had rejected Christ, and St. Paul desired greatly for them not to reject Christ, but to know Christ and to know him who came to save them and to save all. His desire is so great, even to the point of wanting himself to be cut off from Jesus Christ if that will bring his own people to be bonded and grafted to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and God. How many of us, or how many bishops, or how many priests, or how many church leaders would say to themselves, I wish to be excommunicated from the church so that those who are excommunicated would be would be brought back in. How many of us would say that? I mean, in a way, that's what Paul was uh, desiring, so to speak, to be cut off from Jesus Christ so that the people, his own people, the Jews, the chosen people, would be bonded, would be grafted, that they would believe in the Lord Jesus. That's a big heart. St. Paul had. He's willing to suffer so that they would believe in Jesus. He's willing to even get cut off from eternal inheritance, so to speak, so that they would embrace and believe in the Lord Jesus whom they await. That's a big heart. That's a big heart. His big heart is a glimpse. His big heart is a small reflection of the biggest heart ever in the universe, the sacred heart of Jesus, the heart who gives himself totally and completely, even to the last drop of his precious blood for the sake of everyone's salvation and redemption. The Jews first, and then the Gentiles or the rest of mankind. Jews will come to know Jesus Christ as the one whom they await. I say that again. The Jews will come to know Jesus Christ as the one whom they await. Personally, this has always been prominent in my mind since the day I learned of this uh, truth, of this teaching of the church, of this uh, teachings from the scripture, it's been prominent in my mind about this sure sign before the Lord's coming again. This is one sign that we Catholics ought to keep always prominent in my mind, in, in our mind. There may be some of you are following this closely. Some of you just go your own business, trying to live your life, do God's will. 
There may be all kinds of quote-unquote prophecies out there. There may be all kinds of prophecies out there or some sort of signs out there that the Lord is coming again very soon. I personally try to listen to some of these claims when I'm patient. Ultimately, I tend to dismiss them very quickly because I know the mass of the Jews' conversion to embrace the Lord Jesus, our Savior and Lord and God, is not in the horizon that I observe and that and that has to come first. That has to come first before the Lord come again in glory. I'm not making this up. This is the teachings of the church. This is something from the scripture, Paul's letter specifically. And, and one day Paul will be greatly delighted. Everyone will be greatly delighted. We'll be greatly delighted. He will be overjoyed. Everyone will be overjoyed that one day the mass of the Jews will come to full realization that Jesus is Lord and God and Savior and it is the Messiah whom they've been waiting for is here. We all know that. Few of the Jews know that. They've embraced the Christianity. They've embraced the Catholic faith. And they try to bring other Jews to come to full realization, but most of them, like the, what the, happened to the gospel, they rejected Christ. Their mass conversion to Christianity will pave the way for the Lord's coming again in glory. This is from the Catechism number 674, which is based on Scripture, particularly St. Paul's letter and all the, and Peter's letter and the magisterium of the church. 674. The glorious Messiah's coming is suspended at every moment of history until his recognition by all Israel. I could stop right there. The glorious Messiah's coming is suspended at every moment of history until his recognition by all Israel for a hardening has come upon part of Israel in their unbelief towards, toward Jesus. And St. Peter says to the Jews of Jerusalem after Pentecost, repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for establishing all that God spoke by, mouth, by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. St. Peter said it. And St. Paul echoes him. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? And then he concluded by saying, the full inclusion 
the full inclusion, in quotes, the full inclusion of the Jews in the Messiah's salvation in the wake of the full number of the Gentiles will enable the people of God to achieve the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ in which God may be all in all. They will adore Christ Jesus just like we are. The Jews, the massive Jews, we have one here in this chapel, convert Jews. And again, there are few out there, but it's not in a massive number. Our Lord Sacred Heart wants all men to be saved, including the Jews, including the unbelievers, including those who do not, net, not yet know Him. He wants all men to be saved. He's accomplished what he had to do, his own ultimate self-sacrifice. He's opened the door for all of us to walk through and to participate in his redemptive work. You know, our participation is similar to St. Paul, to desire, to want, to will, to do what we can for the good of our neighbor's salvation and redemption. It's not just about our own salvation. No, we don't go to heaven by ourselves. It's not about our own salvation only, but that of our neighbors and that of everyone we ever come in contact with during our lifetime. So we ask the Lord to help us, to help us in keeping this in mind and in having this desire like, like St. Paul had of, again, even to the point of willing to sacrifice ourselves. Again, this is an example of our Lord. That's the model, right? Perfect model. We ask God to help us with His abundant graces to not only work out our salvation and our sanctification, but also those the Holy Spirit leads us to help so that they may reach also that degree of holiness destined for them for all eternity.